0: This is Chase Sexton, you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, guys? It's Cooper Webb, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show.
1: go we are only a few days away from another supercross race first round in Salt Lake City of seven pretty excited about that it will be an East Coast race. we're gonna get Daniel Blair on just a little bit for the opening segment of the thing to talk a little bit about what we're gonna expect what he expects come Sunday uh, but first I want to thank torque one racing our title sponsor who is uh, providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out Torqu1 Racing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, and more. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, go support our other sponsors, such as Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricant, Oils, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Extreme Colors, A Cherubis, X-Brand Goggles, all on board taking care of us, making sure you guys have cool parts, cool stuff. If you support our sponsors, they'll continue to support us. I want to thank all our patron supporters. But tonight on episode 163, DJ TJ is not in studio. We finally got a CDL taken care of. He's going to be doing some hot shotting, trying to make some extra money while the oil field is down. But for episode 162, we have uh, amateur superstar Car- Carson Mumford. And we've got star Yamaha's Justin Cooper, who's going to come on and talk about. He's uh, seven points down behind Dylan Ferrandis. He'll start racing back on June 10th. We're going to talk to him a little bit. And uh, my buddy Vince Montiglione, who is the owner of Lap Kings. If you guys don't know what Lap Kings is, if you're new to the show and haven't heard Vince on the show before, stick around. It's pretty cool. Uh, He was up in Iowa with me, and a lot of people were using his technology, checking it out. It's really cool for racing your buddies, for bench racing, smack talking. So stick around and hear what Vince has to say. But I want to announce our winner of the Fly Kinetic Gear. Um, not 100% sure if it's mesh or the regular we will find out but we got a lot of emails if you guys remember I asked for you guys to send emails to tell us why you listen uh, why you maybe don't enter the contest because that's a big thing to me I don't you know I, I think you guys all should enter if you listen to the show enter all the contests man give it a shot but we got a lot of cool emails uh, we did a random draw and I picked Brandon Redmond. So congratulations to Brandon Redman. I've sent you an email. He says uh, that he doesn't usually enter because he doesn't listen live. Sometimes it takes a little while before he gets to it. But Brandon, these contests, and a couple other people said the same thing. These contests, usually with the fly stuff, I do it. I try to go two weeks. So you guys have two weeks from the time we announce it. So always at least take a chance, get it in there. Uh, That's what she said. And... If you were listening on, I think, YouTube is how we did this. Maybe the last show or the show before, I don't remember exactly which show it was, Brian Fullerton from A Cherubis was watching, and he said that we could give away a set of handguards to somebody on YouTube. And the the idea was, I want you guys to go on Instagram, post pictures of your bikes that need the handguards, tag us, Tanda at A USA, and we got a bunch of entries. Unfortunately, last night I deleted almost all my pics in my phone. And what I've been doing is I just screenshot the people that was tagging us, and put them in a little folder and saving those until we were gonna pick. Well, somehow I hit uh, I hit delete all on my pictures, and almost all my pictures are gone. So I lost all those. So here's what I need you to do: if you entered, go back to that same original picture, tag myself at Darkside MX3 again in that picture, so I can go back to it, check the date or whatever when you originally posted it. And I will make sure to pick a winner. I'll give you guys a week to do that in case you listen a little bit late. I apologize, but gosh, you know me by now, right? Something stupid's going to happen at least daily. And that's it. So quick break. We'll be back with Daniel Blair. We'll talk about Supercross. All right. We're uh, excited to talk, talk a little bit about Supercross starting back up in Salt Lake City here just a few days. And tonight brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible in 2019, Fly Racing became the title sponsor of Supercross and continued this year in 2020 with riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Damon Bradshaw, this man on the phone, and his son, Daniel Blair, also Evan Blair. Fly Racing has been sponsoring a lot of the riders, our podcast, and they, tonight they bring you Mr. Uh, Daniel Blair. What's up, Daniel?
2: What's up, man? Yeah, good, good choice on the sponsor for sure. I'm a fly guy. And uh I'm happy with uh, everything about Fly, from not only the quality of the gear, but just the service and mostly the people, you know all the people, Max, GT, yep. everybody. Uh pumped to be pumped to be Team Fly and the only year that I ever wore fly racing gear in my entire career was my last year when I got that Arena Cross title, son.
1: <laughs> I'm not even gonna make fun of you for that, man. Hey, I put the gear
2: on, I win a title. Well I mean just what do you think
1: that's the way it works you know i mean i uh, i haven't had the same luck uh i mean i've won a couple races here and there <laughs> that might be luck but yeah no no titles <laughs> <laughs> no titles but Evans seems like he's uh he's killing it and now you got uh elena on the bike and she's she's coming along pretty well it looks like
2: yep they're both fly riders as well evan's doing good and elena i just got her a pw 50 And she is shredding. She's only ridden in a couple days, but started twisting the throttle right out of the get-go and obviously just cutest little thing ever, but wearing the fly girl gear. They don't even uh, make it small enough for her, so it's a little loose and baggy, but um, that's not their fault. She's she's pretty tiny.
1: Well, you know uh, kids at that age, I mean, in a week or two, she'll probably be a foot taller, so... It happens fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> happens fast, but, uh, That's yeah. Why that
2: fly sponsorship, that fly sponsorship works out good cause Evan's growing, too. He's like, I swear, he gains 10 pounds a month. Yeah. And he's getting taller, and it's like, man, I, Max is probably like, dude, really? He's like, <laughs> hey, he's growing, dude. I've got to order some gear. What do you want me to do? He's stretching yeah. it out.
1: I, he, you're fine. Max is, Max is cool, probably. It's, if you start riding again, he's got to get you gear, too. That's where the problem's going to come.
2: No, he did. He got me some. I got a helmet. I got a formula helmet. I got a a set of the the spring gear that launched, you know, back in, what was that, Daytona?
1: The Kinetic Mesh?
2: Jeez, which is our last race. Yeah. Crazy.
1: I know. We're going to talk about that uh, right now. But my last thing about the the Pee Wees, the kids, uh, you know, it's funny. When I first met you and I first started listening to your show, Main Event, Evan had pretty much just started riding. Like, I didn't know you. I didn't really know the, the characters of the show yet and everybody was giving you a hard time about Evan riding, and I think he was going to maybe race producer Joe at some point was the joke. Um, (laughs) And, you know, oh, I'm never going to be like the the, the peewee dad, right, the moto dad. Uh, But I I see Loretta's in your future for two kids now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I'm holding tight. I've told you all uh, before, and I'll say it again. To me, it doesn't get serious until he's a teenager. Everything from now till then is just building and yeah. saving money, which is what I do. That's why I'm not <laughs> going until he's older.
1: <laughs> I think that's fair, though. I mean, that's good. Like, you know, let him do well in school. Let him let him have, uh, you know, a real life and know that what's important. School's number one, and then you know, if he's still serious about it as a teenager, yeah, take him. I think that's I think that's a good plan. Um, I
2: think so too. Speaking of school, hold on, really quickly. I just got his report card because school's over. Oh boy. And before I look into this thing, let me turn to the wife real quick. Hey, is, it Mac, is this all good or what? Yeah, she says good. Uh, tell your, tell done. your lovely
1: wife I said hi. Uh,
2: Dark Side says what's up.
1: She said sup. <laughs>
2: I'm looking at his. Uh, yeah, he had a really, really good end of the year. He did good. I'm happy. All oh. threes and fours, which is uh, it's on the four four scale.
1: Okay. So uh, would be
2: A's and B's. So yeah, a four is standard exceeded and a three is standards met a lot of threes and a couple fours
1: good for evan so does he get to go to the lego that store and pick something out
2: Nah, I just that's what we expect so you don't get rewarded by meeting expectations you get uh you get rewarded by exceeding him and i don't see enough fours on here so okay
1: we'll
2: just, he's just not grounded we'll just go with that There
1: you go. that's that's a bonus all right let's talk yep. supercross um you see you told me off air you're leaving out tomorrow For a few weeks, Um, what do you think, man? Like, seriously, what?
2: 24 days, bro.
1: 24 days. 24
2: days. days. I'm moving to downtown Salt Lake City, my new address. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to drive there, actually, because Eagle Grant obviously, uh, is is still um, rocking and rolling. I still run the business side of that. So I'm taking my computer, my printer, uh, pretty much everything in my office, in my car, turning my hotel room into pretty much an office. And twenty four days, dude, living at the Courtyard Marriott, man.
1: Living life like a single man. How's Maggie feel about that? Is she happy? i not here.
2: Why don't you ask her? Okay. know
1: what you feel
2: about me being gone.
1: What's that, Dark Side? What's up, Maggie? How are you?
2: Hi.
3: Good. How are you? I'm
1: doing good. So, um, are you you looking for Daniel to be gone for a little while? You kind of excited? Going to hang out with your ladies, or is that going to make it tougher for you?
3: I think it's going to be tougher this time around cuz we've been used to him being home now for a couple months.
1: Yes. So, yeah, so do you yeah. are you looking forward to the opportunity if you get a chance to go up there then and hang out for a little
3: while? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to try to probably leave the kids at home. Okay. Or, you know with the with Nana.
1: And me get up there
3: for a little bit. <laughs> me get a me get up there for a little bit just a couple of days to, you know, okay. well, check it out.
1: If I remember correctly, the last time you got away for a couple of days at a race was San Diego, and that night <laughs> after the race didn't go super well.
3: I mean, it was okay. No one ended up in jail.
1: I guess if that's your standard, it went okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt awesome. Matt got a little loose that night.
1: Yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. So uh, before <laughs> get Daniel back on, what do you think about your daughter turning into a little ripper?
3: Oh, she's incredible. Honestly, yeah. I it, it it's amazing to watch her. She's so cool. Like the coolest little thing ever, but I just don't know how we can have her race. Like she's got the spirit and the fight and like aggression that we wish Evan had. <laughs> that's, that's isn't that strange. But it's inside this tiny little thing.
1: Yeah, isn't that strange that the that the, the girl has that and She was so so quiet when I met her because she was pretty shy, but, um, yeah, yeah, both those kids are pretty awesome. You guys, you guys are very Uh lucky and good parents. Yeah. So thank you.
3: All right. Here's the end. Okay. Thanks. All right. Later. Later.
2: Yeah, dude. 24 days is a long time, so I might have to fly her in for, uh a a night, you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, yeah, at least one night. Yeah, I mean, geez. I, I,
2: maybe maybe two. Maybe
1: two. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Like every maybe four <laughs> or five days, you need a little mama time. <laughs> 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 I get it. I get it, dude. Let's uh, talk Let's talk about some racing, man. So uh, let's, all right, all let's right. start. We're starting with the uh, East Coast, which they haven't raced since Daytona, which obviously is not anywhere near as long as it's been for the West Coast. But we left off with March Banks winning Daytona, killing it. You think uh, he could continue that?
2: You know that's crazy that we look back and the last time race Sparks Banks one daytona his first race, right? You're yeah. just like god, that that was the last one. It really was. Um I don't know. I, I look, when a rider gets their first win, it has a tendency to kind of kick someone into gear. It's just it's that belief thing, you know. So for him I'm thinking you get that win there's this new confidence this new belief you want to show up the next weekend and like double down not only that you want to reap the rewards of your win by getting the media's attention you, you know you, when you get a win you you get to ride off that for a while in many ways and he didn't get to do that so I'm kind of anxious to see like what did this break do for him does he come out and uh, back it up or become you know, just a more consistent front runner or was Daytona kind of an outlier just because of the type of race it was, Mm. um, you know, the type of track. And I really don't know. I, I I would, I would lean towards, I think that he's going to be better than he was prior before Daytona, but I don't know if he's going to be able to come out and do that again. Um, you got Nichols jumping in there. You got, you know, you've got these guys at the peak of their championship run. And i I don't I, I personally don't see this as like the race that kicks him off and being a, a consistent winner podium guy. Right. but I do think we'll see more of it in in spurts. So I could see a heat race win, I could see a podium or two. Um, I just don't feel like he got the opportunity to kind of ride off that wave of confidence. He's almost starting all the way over, and I just don't know if he's all the way there yet on a full Supercross track, yeah. a regular Supercross
1: track. That's kind of what I think. I think if the series had continued, like we, you know, like it should have, that maybe he could have capitalized on it. But with the break, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like a restart. And for a lot of guys, that's going to be good. I mean, Adam Cianciula talked about that. You know, Zach Osborne kind of he's uh, taking it as almost as if it's a new season. Uh, but yeah, yep. I think I think it's going to come down to Chase and Shane. Obviously, um, right now Chase has got a ten point lead. You expect him to try to stay somewhat consistent and just maintain that, or do you think he's going to go? You know, be aggressive? And we've seen these guys making some bars, especially like at Arlington.
2: You know, I, I I look at the ten points and I and I think to myself that's a cushion. It obviously is a nice little cushion. If you had maybe one or two rounds left, you could kind of play that way. But I don't think he can afford to be that way at all. I mean, they're still going to get three right out of the gate. Then they have one more. uh, You know, the the sixth one will be theirs alone. And then, of course, the seventh one is a showdown. So they still have five rounds. They're not even halfway through this thing. So for Chase, he can't really afford to treat it at all uh, like that. He's got to treat it like he's in the middle of it because that's where they're at. So... I think that he's going to have to be aggressive and take chances. I don't think the 250 guys necessarily even have, I guess the outlook to look at a series that way. I think that they're so programmed to sprint that they're going to just treat it like it's round one. Um, And I think that's what Chase probably should do. And, And my, my big question is, you know, you saw him this year kind of jump into this new mode where he's this more mature guy. He's, He's more authoritative with the way he rides. You know, he's, he's taking victories and not just kind of like receiving them when they're there. I just want to see if that continues uh, in this weird environment. And I think that he's going to have a real challenge. I think from a talent standpoint, Colt Nichols is as good as anybody in that class.
4: Mm-hmm. I think he's going to
2: be in there ready to mix it up. Shane has always been great on the West Coast, especially in Salt Lake City. He's really, really fast there. I mean, we saw him two years ago just wax everybody. And... Shane's got this, you know, back against the wall mentality right now. He knows he's about to point out of the 250 class. He knows that his 450 uh, career options will be a lot better if he wins this title. So I, 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 I don't think it's going to be easy for Chase. I do think he took a big leap this year, but I think he's going into an environment that's going to be tough. It's, you know, he's gonna, these first three races are going to be in eight days.
4: Um, right. That's
2: hard. And again, you're going up against guys that are that are. They're ready to tangle up, too. I, I don't think everybody in both in all the classes, uh, the East, West, or the 450, I don't think everyone there is going to treat this like they're going there for blood. I think a lot of people are going to milk it in. I really do think there'll be a few. But I think for him, his main competition is going to be breathing fire, and he's got reinforcements with Colt Nichols, his teammate, yeah. uh, Shane's teammate, coming to help. I think it's a tall order for Chase, and that 10 points, I look at that as nothing right now. It's it's too early to look at the numbers. I think he's going to have to go one on one and try to beat Shane straight up from here on out, and I think it's going to be really hard. Uh, I, I think Shane's going to put up a crazy good fight, and um, I, 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 it'll be hard for Chase. But I think he could do it because he did take a big leap this year. But I don't think it's going to be easy by any means.
1: No, it's definitely not going to be easy. I know Chase wants this. He wants this championship really bad. He wants another one. Um, you talked about Shane, po- you know, po- pointing out in the 450 options. Let's say uh, that we go into the last round, and he's down by let's say it ends up 15, 20 if Shane has a bad race. Can you see him, a guy like him saying, "Uh, oh, you know what? I got a temperature. I can't race." or you know, can you mm-hmm. see him taking a dive to not point out?
2: Well, the problem is is based on his results right now and based on the rounds that they have coming up, it would have to happen before the last one. It yeah. would be the, I think he would score enough in these first three. To where he would put himself right there so he would have to pull out early earlier than the last one I, I don't think he could make it uh eight of the nine and then make a decision so he'd have to make a decision too early and i just don't know i i don't i i, I don't know the answer to that yeah but the scenario that i'm seeing in my, it, it, that i feel is going to happen is they're going to be they're going to be fighting that thing all the way to the end and, and i think it will come down to the showdown uh at the last one so i don't i don't see that but hey right. i I can't say otherwise. I mean, you just, you just said Chase wants this thing really bad. Well, I mean, obviously Shane does too, but which one of these two for their career needs it the most? I mean, Chase, yeah, I'm sure he'd love to win another title, and that's a nice little bonus check, but his 450 career is laid out in front of him. He does exactly. the title. Yep. He wants it for sure, but does he need it? No. Shane needs it bad. I mean, if he wins the championship versus not, the landscape looks so much different for him. Well, and, and, and to me, you've got to look at that as a factor. Like, which one of these guys is willing to do anything for it? And which rider, maybe you know, if if they if, if push comes to shove, aren't going to take a risk that's unnecessary. And like I said, Chase's career is laid out in front of him. Shane's isn't. So yeah. I, I just I feel like there's going to be a little bit more dog in the fight uh, from Shane than we've ever seen. And I think that's what he's always needed. He needs to be more aggressive, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really have a choice. And I and I like. The way this is setting up, because you got two really, really good guys who both should and both could win this championship.
1: Yeah, and I think we, like you said, I think we're going to see a lot of some aggressive riding. Um, and I know you like that. You like the drama. You like that kind of stuff. And I think we're going to get we're going to get it. Um, we may see a couple, you know, takeouts uh, or m- multiple takeouts, and it's going to be exciting. I am can't wait to get back to it. Uh, let's let's switch to the West Coast. So that starts back up, I believe, June 10th when those guys race again. We got Dylan Fernandez, crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, you know,
2: like the West Coast. I was just this last weekend. I was at uh, Jacob Hayes and Brandon Hartraff's house and talking to Brandon. And yeah, he's everyone's fired up. We're all getting ready to go, and he's not. He's <laughs> yeah. like not going yet. Still got like, like
1: yeah, three more races before he gets. They get the race. Yeah, again.
2: so it's crazy how these guys aren't. I mean, they they have a lot more time to prepare yeah. as far as like fine-tuning the final pieces before they go racing. Um, but, yeah, what is it, June? Is it the 10th? it's, I think that, it's, the, it's 10th. the fourth one, which is yep. crazy. We'll already be in the flow. We'll be doing this thing before yeah. those guys even show up.
1: Exactly. You know, and I talked to Dylan yesterday, and then I've got Justin Cooper coming on after I get done talking to you. And I kind of want, you know, what does Hartraff say? You know, you talked to him. You said, uh, it's been months. I mean, what, three or four months it feels like. I can't remember exactly when the last race was, but it's it's been a long time. It's got to be hard to – have that much downtime and then get back into it, like we talked about. It's like starting over again, but it wasn't like a true off season. It's just been so weird. I, I wonder how these guys yeah. kick it back into gear again.
2: Well, I asked Brandon that, and I just said, you know, have you used this time as like another off season as a chance to make changes? And he said, honestly, I mean, this is just him speaking. I can't speak on behalf of every writer. He said his bike was good, his program was good. So for him, he just kind of slowed it down and then Mm -hmm. picked it back up, and now he's at full steam. Um, So, but but to your point, a normal off season, these guys will—that's their time to try things and new bike settings and you know new parts coming in, and it's just—it's such a weird three months uh, for an off season because a lot of guys are switching teams, maybe switching programs, moving, getting married. This (laughs) has not been that. This has been, hey, just sit there and do nothing. Don't get all the way out of shape, but don't really do much. Yeah, uh, and then boom, turn it right back on. They're all going, so they're all coming from a good place. They all have a pretty solid base. If anything, they're all just healthier. You know, I, in this sport, you, people don't realize that even if everything is going perfect, you're banged up like the whole time. You're always a little banged up from something—an ankle, you know, a shoulder, um, a rib. I, it just—I I think at the end of a seventeen-round championship, the guy who wins. He's beat up too, sure? and that's why this is so interesting because nobody, oh, not a, nobody, that's not fair, everybody, though, uh, the majority of people, are in such a better place physically. They're all kind of antsy. They want to get out of the house. So it's not a regular off season. They're coming off of a little bit different of a base, and I, I know you were steering this to the West Coast, so I'll, 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 I'll go with it. That's exciting for me because Dylan was on fire when we left. He's the best 250 rider on the planet right now, in my opinion. Um, Austin Forkner is—he was coming off an injury early in the season, so the first six rounds for him were somewhat of a bounce back. He's going to be better. Justin Cooper has used this time to get better. I've spoke to him as well, and I, I know you're about to. Those three guys are all going to be racing and riding at full peak. Yeah. And that is awesome because that title was already fun, and now to have all these guys just—I mean—just ready to go and healthy. Is going to make it that much more exciting, and then I can't help but just throw in Jet Lawrence because last time we saw him, he was—I mean, he was giving it to all these guys. And what's to say he's not better? I mean, the people I talk to say he's better. So maybe he's not in the championship, but man, throw him in the middle of it—fun. Huh. Yeah, I, I mean, I, the West Coast. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm more excited about the West because there's just so many more unique pieces to that to that uh, championship. So I, I'm. I mean, I'm excited for all of it, but don't get me wrong. When that fourth one hits and these West Coast <laughs> guys show up, I'm going to be a little extra. In fact, it's perfect, too, because after the first three, we're going to be like, man, I'm in Utah still.
4: Right, yeah. It's
2: going to start feeling and then, boom, the West Coast shows up. It's going to give it that extra little kick. And um, i got to admit, I'm, I'm a little bit more excited about that side.
1: I am, too. Uh, I, I, I fully admit that. And, you know, you talked about – Chase going to 450s. Dylan's going to 450s uh next year. Uh, that's confirmed. Yep. Um you know and he but he wants this championship as much as Chase does for different reasons, you know, cuz a lot of people, you know, he kind of feel like it was almost handed to him last year. It wasn't in yep. my opinion. He had to stay consistent uh, and then Adam made the mistake that gave it away, but uh you know Dylan wants one I think that where where there is no question mark, you know, and he I think that's matter he 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 said that matters. That's a big deal. Uh, he's not yeah. that worried necessarily about an outdoor championship. He wants a Supercross championship. Uh, but then so does Justin Cooper. You know, Justin Cooper's got to – it's time for him to step up. Um, but I, I really want to step down to to Brandon, to Hartraff. He's 25 points down and fourth. Uh, you know, first year at TLD, I, he, he had some really highlighted moments this year. Like, he, you ha- he has the talent. He has the speed. He just had a few little issues. You know, I think he hit the ground a couple times. But I think he's really going to step up in these next seven. I see him being a factor uh, and getting the points a little tighter than what they are right now, for sure.
2: He could. Um, uh, you got to look at it from the angle of, again, you, you call this somewhat of an offseason. This last 12 weeks, is, it's, it's sort of like an offseason. And when you're a young rider, these times away from racing give you a real chance to reflect and grow. And he's still young. This is his third season. So let's yep. like let's, just because he's national number thirty and he's a bigger guy, you kind of he kind of he kind of looks and acts like he's a vet. He's not. He is young. I mean, he's the same as Justin Cooper. It's it's years. Well, it's a little bit different. But you you, you get you get the point. He's <laughs> he still in those early stage of his career. He's elevated. He, he's on the uh, excel right now, moving up. So there's no reason to believe that he would come out of this worse than he was. He should be better than he was. And he was already starting to get up there with those guys. He had two podiums. So I agree, but gosh, the West is so tough. Like I I could see his result I could see him writing better and maybe even have worse results just because of how deep it is. That's I a mean good point. McAdoo's back. Remember, he was gone for a little bit. Christian Craig's gonna be back. Um, it's just that West Coast is so gnarly that if Brandon goes five, six six at the last three you might look on paper and go wow he didn't really get any better but he rode better because that coast was so much deeper right so he's going to be a hard one to judge i don't think we'll be able to judge it in the moment we'll have to look back on it hmm. um but i i could see him being better and having those moments but i could also see on paper it maybe being a little bit worse just because it's so deep on the west coast and i uh, and i did i'm going to jump you on this i got to go to round seven man i can okay. you can you wait for the East West showdown. I mean, dude, okay, let's put Chase and Austin back together. (laughs) Don't forget Sexton and Forkner. They're not buddies. Let's put them back together. Uh, Don't forget Justin Cooper. Chase Sexton had some little bit of issues last year. Things got physical in Nashville. So you got these two colliding championships at the final round. And I believe both of them should come down to that last race. I don't think either rider uh, will be clinched out by then. And I'm just, I, I can't wait to see the East West showdown to me, that, that's no better way to finish this thing off than to put those two coasts together um, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of pride on both sides. Uh, I, when we did the video game uh, e deal for NBC, I, I asked these guys a little bit, I was kind of messing with them about the East West thing and they, they'll publicly always act, Oh, you know, it's no big deal. But when you talk to them one-on-one, they do care. These guys have a lot of pride and so throw that into the conversation there at round seven, and put them all together, and I, I, it, I just it's setting up to be one of the coolest finals I think we've ever had. Oh, it, it's,
1: it's it is! Incredible. I'm so freaking disappointed that I'm not going to be able to go to any of these. I I texted Sean Brennan again today, just like, dude, if there is any spots available at any rounds, I want in, but it's probably not going to happen.
2: <laughs> so. You never know. We'll see what the media. I don't know how many got uh, allowed in, but we'll see how they're feeling. Like say day fifteen in Utah, right? When they decide, hey, you know what? I'll cover this from home, and then maybe you get <laughs> slipped right in there. So well, just be ready, dude. You just got to be. Hey, it's like um, it's like a line change in the NHL, dude. Just be right. ready. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Be on your a game. Be uh, Prepared. I'm, you might get the call at the end.
1: I'm ready to go if the if Feld says so. So hey, let's uh, we got a few minutes left. I want to touch on four fifties, and I got a quick little story to tell you. Uh, all right, so we obviously we've got Eli Tomac, Ken Roxon are the favorites. I believe you're on the Kenny bandwagon. your boy snap on Dan is of course just brainwashed by Kawasaki. and then uh, producer Joe's on the Cooper web bandwagon, which I'm on that train as well. Cooper is gonna come on fire. Cooper's coming back and by the final round we're gonna have all three of those guys for the cha- are gonna be fighting for the championship. Uh, that's I fully oh, really? believe Cooper's gonna be gnarly in these next seven. But do you truly believe Kenny's going to do it, or is that you're just sticking to what you said in the beginning?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my thought. Uh, look, I would say if if you just add up every variable, it's Tomac's title to lose. I think um, so. You're talking elevation, um, which I, not, not only the elevation factor, but the recovery in elevation. I mean, he lives in that stuff. And I, I could tell you right now from my years racing, it, it, it plays a huge role. And I think guys can get through it on a weekend, but when you go up there for a month and you're going to be living in that stuff, there's, there's a period where you have to adapt to that. And, you know, there's a lot of people that say, Oh, if you if you're in there for a long period of time, it, it's good for you. Yeah. That takes like six months for the body to actually respond that way. So these guys aren't going to get up there and then two weeks in all of a sudden be like Iron Man. They're not, it, it, that's not how it works. They're going to be battling that element where he's not um, in the elevation as far as just the way the bikes run. The track, uh, the soil, uh, just add it all up. He, he should win. He really should. The reason why I'm going with Kenny is for two reasons. Number one is I did pick it before the season, and I'm stubbornly staying with it. Yep. But number two, he's so good right out of the gate. He comes out swinging. We've seen it now two years in a row where he knows how to be very, very smart up front, not winning. Because remember, two years ago he didn't win any of them, but he was the points leader for like four weeks yep the guy comes out quick and i really think that he's going to look at it this w- that way and i think eli is going to look at it as yes it's a seven round sprint but he still has to make smarter decisions i could see eli being a little bit more on the cautious side a little bit more a little bit i would i don't want to use the word passive and come off incorrectly but a little bit more passive as far as risk taking and i see kenny really just coming out and going dude i'm this close i can't believe i'm here i seven rounds to go, and i'm right in it it's Think about what he's been through the last few years. Like, he's got a shot. I think he's going to go for it. Um, and, and, I, and, I, and I see him coming out and being a little bit better early. The reason why I have a hard time giving Cooper Webb a chance here is I just don't see both of these two guys doing something to damage their championship uh, all the way. You know what I mean? Like I, I could see one just oops, blowing yeah. it. But you're asking for two guys. Well, to both have like a they got to lay an egg, they got to go almost zero because Cooper's almost 30 points out of this thing, and I just don't see two of them doing it. I could see one of them taking a shot, gamble, oops, messing up, but you're asking for two riders who were left on fire to come back and both blow it. It's a tall ask, and I and I and I feel bad for Cooper because honestly, if he would have never had the big crash. And lost all the points that night. Uh, that triple crown,
1: Arlington. And yep. he
2: say he's within ten to fifteen points right now. I would, I would say he'd be my pick.
1: That's the black, black, black cloud of that. Black cloud of that Cowboy Stadium. Took him. That's at,
2: exactly what it was. Took him it, and AC. It,
1: it, but okay, sure so did. hear sure me did. out, though. And did
2: you hear the money? Dak Prescott turned down. By the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. What
2: an idiot.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, hey. Sorry. So here's the deal. Justin Barsha, though, is only a couple points behind Cooper. We know that Justin, if he gets third, he's guaranteed a uh, uh, extension. So I, it wouldn't take much for him to saw some front wheels off of uh, an Eli Tomac and a Kenny Roxon, put them down, put them out for a night. Cooper Webb jumps right up. See, that's what I'm looking at. Barsha is the so you're looking Barsha's the X Factor.
2: He is the X Factor. So you, you think he's going to get in there? you got to remember, too, this is me being, being a, a little bit of a drama queen because I am. Yes, you are. But Kenny – and Justin, they got they got a pass that's not great. They're not buddies, right? Barsha and Tomac, they got into it this year a yep. couple times. Yep. Um, San Diego. Yeah, Barsha's got Barsha's the two at the top. At what? Barsha's got him in their in his crosshairs, man. I'm telling you right now, and that's the, that that could happen. That that's me just wanting it so badly to happen. But I've said this before, and I'll say it again. There's nothing more exciting. Than watching Justin Barsha race when he has a reason to push. Yeah, we've seen exactly. him in the past when he's like kind of mailing it in and he just yep. kind of does his thing. He's not that exciting. But when that guy believes uh, that he should be up front and has a reason to be, he makes things wild and fun. And I and that it couldn't be better to have him up there with a reason to push at the end of this thing because he is the X factor. He's the one that likes when things get weird. Yeah. And things could get weird and I think he wants them to be that way. So I, 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 I'm with you on that hundred percent.
1: All right. We keep talking about like where this is basically like starting over, right? This is sort of like round one. Uh who's round who's won round one of the supercross series the last two years at A one? Barsha. So here's my picks for Who, who's
2: who's won who's won round one three of the last four seasons in the two fifty class that they were in? Shane <laughs> McElrath.
1: Yeah, true, true. Did yeah, Yamaha
2: go one-one this Sunday.
1: No, because Cooper Webb's gonna win. Cooper Webb, AC Barcia. That's my podium for for round. Dude,
5: so you got the two championship guys off the podium. Yeah,
1: I, I dude, I'm, I'm pull. I need this championship to tighten up. I want my boy Cooper Webb up there. So yes, that's what I'm. I'm All putting right. my mojo on it. Um,
2: All right. Well, you mentioned AC. He's uh He's my pick to win uh, this Sunday. Okay. Right out of the gate. Right, right. Out of the gate.
1: I hope that I'd actually be pretty ecstatic about that. I, he he deserves one, so it'd be cool to see. Uh, even if I'm yeah. not there, it'd still be cool. Since you know, as as you recall, um, I think I was the guy that knew that that brought up on the podium or the press conference that he was going to the 450 deal to begin with. I'm not really sure where I got that info from, but yeah. So hmm. we'll, I'd like to be there for his first win, but it's not. Yeah.
2: I wonder who leaks that stuff to you. Sometimes. I don't know,
1: man. There's always somebody, right?
2: It's weird.
1: Weird. All right, real quick. <laughs> so, you uh, obviously, you're the owner of Eagle with your partner, Alquist, correct, Brian? Yep. So, uh, I yep. want to tell you this weekend, I was doing all this yard work, three day weekend, and my, my fiance comes out. I was pressure washing the building, the studio, which is a separate building from the house because I live on a like a, you know, a, I don't even know what you'd call it, a, an estate, basically, because I'm balling. But I was pressure washing the walls of the studio and my fiance is like, Hey, would you pressure wash the front door of the actual house? Sure. So I walk over there, I go get my Eagle grit, all purpose cleaner and I spray the door and I'm like, man, I might as well do the concrete while I'm here. And I, I spent another hour pressure washing my concrete clean, using Eagle grit, all purpose cleaner. Then I got to go get the Eagle grit glass cleaner to do all my windows And the place looks spick and span, brand new. Your stuff is rad. Uh, Obviously, we know the hand cleaner kills it. But the glass cleaner and the all-purpose cleaner, and hell, even the brake cleaner and penetrating oil. I used that last night. My stepdaughter grabbed a skateboard that's been sitting out in the rain for like a year and a half, and one of the wheels was kind of locked up. So I took it to the shop and used the penetrating oil, then a little uh, brake cleaner to get the, the goo off of it. Good as new. Good as new. So I used a lot of Eagle Grit products this weekend. I'm glad you
2: did, and I'm. I appreciate that report. Um, and you're, yeah. We don't. We don't play games, dude. Stuff's the bomb. And, it is. Um, it's crazy. This this pandemic has been pretty wild for us as a business. We're it, it deemed an essential business. Um, and what we normally do, I mean, the the bulk of our business is um, local businesses in our area that we supply them with their with their cleaning supplies. And I can tell you right now that this has been like a. a big growth period for us we've been i've never been this slam before um and it's it's been pretty wild because it's just crazy times and then we're like i said we're deemed essential because all the shops needed our stuff so it's been pretty wild thanks i appreciate the report and um it's 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 been good it's been really good
1: well i'm, I'm glad that you've uh had that side project which really almost a full-time project while you've been off from filled because i know as a family man that's that gets a little stressful so you're always hustling and uh, you know, I believe in the product. So, yeah, I just want to give a little report, tell you that it, it works. So, you guys out there that I know you, most everybody listens to our show is a pulp listener, too. So, you've heard them talk about it. Go to eaglegrit.com, get you an order, man. It's it's the best stuff on the planet. I know you, a lot of people go, hey, I go to, you know, go down to wherever, Napa, and I can get some, you know, fast orange for half the price, but it doesn't work like Eagle Grit. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have the lotion to keep your hands. Moisturize from hands cracking, and it just, it just, it's just—it just—it's better product. You get what you pay for. Believe your mama.
2: Hell yeah! Difference between getting a whopper and a steak from Outback.
1: There you it's go. Price,
2: different quality. There you go.
1: I like <laughs> it. Well, Daniel, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Um, I mentioned a minute ago I got Justin Cooper next, but actually I have Carson Mumford first, then Justin Cooper. But uh nice. Yeah, so good little show. But I appreciate you coming on tonight and talking a little bit. Uh, be safe on your drive up. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on TV. And maybe maybe somewhere halfway through, we could get an update, a report, get you back on the show.
2: Sounds good to me, man. Anytime.
1: All right, DB. Be safe. Thanks.
2: Thank you. Bye. See ya. Bye.
1: All right, Daniel Blair. Go follow him on Instagram if you don't already. And definitely go to follow Eagle Grit. Go order some at eaglegrit.com. Uh, you know, or if you're out on the West Coast, you can find it in a lot of the Northern California areas. I think around Sacramento, especially uh, up that way, I believe he – he has the stuff in some Nappas and whatnot. But just go to eaglegrit.com. You'll figure it out. Stuff's rad. We'll be right back with Carson Mumford. machines so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their chain lube, two-stroke premix, polyclean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show.
3: Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit, and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too.
1: If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross, Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom painted helmets tricked out and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, Extreme Colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998, and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at XKHelmetPainting at gmail.com or go to MotoXPodShow.com and check out the contact links. Now you, too, can have a custom-painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at XKHelmetPainting. T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X-Pod Show sent you. Next up tonight, brought to you by a Cherubis. For decades, a Cherby's has been the leader in Moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last. A Cherby's has what you need. So visit USA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and ask for Brian Fullerton and the crew and let them know the Moto X-Pod Show sent you. Tonight at Cherby's brings us Mr. Carson Mumford. What's up, bro? How's it going? It's going good, man. It's been a while since I've had a chance to talk to you. Um I know, it's
0: been forever. I think I was on the B class still.
1: Yeah, yeah, might have been. It I think maybe the last time I talked to you may have been it had to be at a supercross futures probably last year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, what's been going on the last few months? I mean, obviously there's a lot going on in the world. Uh the COVID has changed things a lot. I assume you're still riding plenty at your training facility, but just tell us what you've been up to.
0: Yeah, just like you said, just been riding and trying to be as prepared as I can. Uh, Whenever outdoors comes around, I'll be racing that. Okay. uh, Yeah, just been riding as much as I can, training as much as I can, and uh, just getting good seat time under my belt.
1: Well, I was going to ask that. So I I didn't know if you were doing nationals this year, if we have nationals. Does that mean yep. that the amateur stuff's over, or will you still be eligible to do Loretta's, or what? what's the plan?
0: The plan was to just do outdoors and no more amateurs, and then I was going to do Freestone and and uh, the early spring national, mm-hmm. but uh, those got canceled. So really it, it's just kind of a waiting game. Like if there's uh, national start soon, we're just doing – all the nationals, and that's the, the main plan. Um, if they do, like, uh, some amateur races before then, like maybe even, like, the Redland Regionals and stuff, I might I might just do some local races. Uh, hasn't really been talked about much yet, but okay. I've been thinking about that lately. But, uh, yeah, just been doing my normal thing. No races, really, for me right now. So uh, kind of just a good chance for me to get ready
1: yeah so does that drive you crazy not having gate drops? uh we know you know the 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 I, most of the amateur kids don't do a lot of racing other than the big amateur nationals, but I mean do you feel like you you need a gate drop like now let's get one
0: yeah, I mean I love to race that's that's why I do this sport. I love to race so uh it does suck not being able to race, but you know you have to look at the positives and you know I have plenty of time to be as ready as i can and get my bike as ready as it can be and uh, just get to know the team more and more and just learn. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, whenever racing comes, I'm excited for it, Uh, hopefully sooner than later, just because I love to race. So, yeah, I'll be ready.
1: Okay, so let's say uh, we get this national schedule out at some point and they tell us we're going racing. Uh, You know, what what are your expectations? What are your goals? Are they – just make it through all of them and, you know, and kind of fill things out? Or they to hey, I'm going to push for, you know, podiums? What what do you want? What do you expect of yourself?
0: Um, it's still, it's it's hard for me to totally say a position. Um, obviously, I want to make it through all the rounds safe and uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. But it's, for me, the only really reference I have is this, uh, I, I raced Unadilla and I did the first mode up Bunch Creek and I went, I think it at twentieth overall with like a sixteen twenty finish at Unadilla. so like that's all I have to really like Reference. give myself a ballpark number other than practice days. I see the pros, so I know I've come a long way since then mm-hmm. um I don't wanna sound crazy by throwing out numbers and stuff, but like I would love to see me inside the top ten every race you know that yeah. that would be that'd be awesome pushing for top fives pushing for up front finishes so it's it's really just like you're kind of clueless until you do race because uh sure you could surprise yourself and you can also just be like okay i need to work on these things so uh yeah i mean obviously the goal is always to do as best you can and put you know your team up front so shoot for that
1: yeah absolutely i'm excited to see it man i the only time i've really seen you ride is i think i I watched you at freestone one year and i've seen you know uh, obviously some of the supercross futures here and there but that's a big difference and and yeah yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing you get out there and be competitive um your place if i understand right your your facility you've had uh, some pretty big name guys come out and do some training out there you have a lot of guys coming out
0: yeah not really a lot of guys but uh me uh christian Craig Cameron McAdoo were kinda we did like we stayed some days out there almost like almost weeks okay we stayed out there for a little while and uh we did like some pretty gnarly almost like boot camp type stuff like we did motos on motos like just like no other but <laughs> uh lately we we did a Yoshimura photo shoot out there, so it was me Josh Hansen uh Christian Craig, and Hunter Yoder. So other than that, like, we just ride up there. You know, nothing like too many guys training.
1: Yeah, but uh, that, may have been, you know, like, that may have been what I saw was some, maybe some Instagram stuff because I thought I had seen something with Hanny being out there. Yep. Yeah, yeah
0: Hanny, Hanny's always down to ride, so <laughs> sure. he's a great person to hit up to go out there because he's still super fast.
1: Yeah, that dude will freaking hit almost anything. So what's the <laughs> yeah. craziest scene you've seen Hanny do? I know you got some big stuff out there. I've heard Kiefer talk about it.
0: He just drops that the nose of his bike so far. Like I don't. I try and mimic it, but I, I can't even do it. <laughs> I tell him all the time, like, dude, you're gonna get somebody killed. Like people try and do what you do, and he's like, I don't even try and do it. It's just natural. But the front of his bike, as soon as he goes off to see the jump, is lower than his rear end all the way until he lands, and I I, I can't even mimic it.
1: Oh, why would you want to, dude? I, that, you, I I sure I would go over the bars. You know, I have a hard enough time riding normal, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're just watching like, wow.
1: Yeah. This
4: guy
0: is, this is so gnarly.
1: So, riding with a couple guys, though, that are really currently, you know, racing a McAdoo and a Christian Craig, what kind of things have you learned from them? What have they helped you with, or what have you just taken away watching them?
0: Um, the effort is always there with McAdoo, for sure. He, No matter what, like – when i get tired in a moto like you have to just keep pushing and keep your lap times there yeah that's something he's really good at so when i tell myself whenever i get tired you know just try and do it like cameron and just never say die really just always push always to the checker flag you know whether it's you're tired you're hot whatever you have to push through and uh christian helps me a lot with off the bike training i train with him Every single day that I'm in the gym, it's with him. Or on a bike ride, it's with him. Nice. So I've gotten a lot stronger. Just recently went up to Santa Barbara and worked with our trainer, Peter Park, and did, like, a boot camp, kind of like a boot camp, but also just to see, like, we're, how much we've improved. And uh, we've made just leaps and bounds of improvement. So we're really stoked on that. But, uh, yeah, like, I can just take away pretty much – Everyday life stuff from those guys. They're really good role models. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're just good people to look up to.
1: Cool. Yeah, you mentioned a minute ago from McAdoo, you know, always putting in the effort. That's a real repetitive thing that I've heard a lot from those top-level guys, especially yep. even moving from the 250 class, pro class to the 450s. Um, that, like, and if, once you get to the 450, that elite level, like, there is no time, there is no opportunity, especially at a national, to – all right, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a chill lap. You know, you have to be 100% focused, 100% effort at all times if you want to be the guy. Uh, and, you know, when you're coming off of an amateur career where you are one of the two or three best guys, it's a big difference. Like, you know, I can go to amateur race and, you know, you, you'd you be pretty dominant probably, you know, or, you know, some of the, the top level guys are smoking the guys that are like sixth, seventh, eighth. But once yep. you get to that level that the next step where you're trying to get to, there is no guys really that are slackers you know there, there's a couple yep. of the privateers that maybe are barely making mains or whatever, but for the most part you're gonna have to be on it at all times and if you learn that now yep. that's good
0: oh yeah it's it's tough that transition's really tough because it's you go from winning almost your whole amateur career and then you go out and you put on a really good ride, but say it's only a 13th that day, it's like, wow, that number seems really, really
4: high, yeah. you know? but,
0: but you compared to the guys that have always won their whole life. It's like
4: You
0: know, people all the time. Like, oh, I got such good starts and amateurs. Well, everybody on the line has been good, good starters, you know, Yeah. it's the best of the best. Yeah. So it's... it's, it's, it's really tough to make that jump. And like, you have to be as ready as you can and, Learn as much as you can in such a short amount of time
1: yeah, how has your team helped you with that? How because I, I know some of these teams when you come in uh, as an amateur going into the pro ranks, there isn't a lot of time. They may give you a year, they may give you two years, and you really kind of have to show something right away. And then there's some other teams that seem to be a little more patient and willing to work with guys and know that hey, they're kids, man, it takes time to develop and make that transition. What's your team been like?
0: They've been super good um super helpful and you know they've been really patient with me with, with this whole uh virus thing it's kind of a waiting game on my end cuz it's like okay we're going to go pro okay now we're waiting and and then yeah but it's, it's kind of like that with everybody so uh they definitely understand but uh yeah do but I I would say that my team helps me a lot with, this. they have veterans on the team, veteran 250 riders, Yep. you know? So, I just being around and involved with the team, it just, it helps so
4: much. Um,
0: I really believe that you're a product of your, your surrounding, and uh, when you're surrounding yourself with two-time outdoor champions and supercross winners, outdoor winners, it's like, okay, this is what you have to do to make it in the sport, and uh, you kind of just... You just mold – you try and mold yourself into that.
1: Yeah, there is a lot of talent on that team. Um, like, uh, it would be hard almost, I, am I, like just as somebody like myself, to line up or be at a, tr- a practice, let's say, or whatever, with all those guys and just look around and be like, my God, the amount of talent is unreal.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, like, it, it's just crazy. you got such big age differences and, right. like, we're all so close and speed, and yeah, it's 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 definitely crazy. We got a lot of really good guys on our team, and I got a lot of different rounds. Whether it's Jet Lawrence or Shimoda or Craig, Jamar, like, it's everybody has their own way they go about things. So I can kind of just see what works for me and do that.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. So before I let you go, I want to, you know obviously Supercross kicks back off this weekend, uh, Sunday. Kind of a weird next cup next three weeks or so, three and a half weeks that's going to go down. Um, let's just talk about the East. Is going to go first. What do you think, man? You think your boy Chase is going to clean up, or is uh, McElrath going to going to get in there and maybe give him a run for his money?
0: I'm a Sexton fan all the way. Yeah. I uh, that guy, his ability and what he does on her bike on a day day basis is just like mind blowing. So I'm excited to watch i think chase is gonna just kill it especially with it being like kind of close together he's so strong he'll recover so quickly and uh i think it's gonna really pay off for him how strong he is but uh yeah i really can't wait to watch him race and i'm sure same with you guys
1: yeah i i keep saying with all these interviews like i i hate that i'm not going to be able to go uh we didn't make the cut but at least at least it's going to be on NBC Sports. We'll be able to check it out and watch it and talk about it. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to get back to racing. I, I'm really, honestly, I'm more excited. I was just talking to Daniel Blair, more excited about the east or the West Coast. Uh, yep. there, there's some just there are so many guys in the West Coast that have an opportunity to do some damage. It's going to be fun. Yep. And then uh, obviously the 450s. I mean, we we could have Eli win his first championship. Uh, Kenny may win his first. And I'm kind of pulling for Cooper Webb to get his butt back in the mix and make it a battle, a three-way battle. And even Barsha. Barsha's only a couple points behind Cooper. So, I think we've got an exciting two and a half, three, or three and a half weeks coming up.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, just imagine, like, everybody's sitting on their couch right now wanting to watch some racing, and then it's going to be all (laughs) jam-packed. Yeah. all, uh, All right there, so. Yeah, I really wish I could go, but I really have no point in going other than just being a fan. Yeah, There's no fans. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll sit on my couch with you and watch, watch
1: on NBC. Well, cool, man. Well, um, if the Nationals happen and we get you out there, um, we'll get you back on and we'll talk about it after a couple rounds and see how that's going. And I'm still waiting on that signed Mumford jersey for my wall. So we got to make that happen.
0: Oh yeah, we'll
1: make it happen. <laughs> all right, Carson. Hey, I appreciate you coming on for a little bit and uh you know, good luck with uh, once the once you get back to racing, good luck.
0: Thank
4: you,
1: I
0: appreciate it. Thanks all right, for having bud.
1: me. Yes, sir, talk to you soon. See ya.
0: All right.
1: It's Carson Mumford. Uh he's gonna be an exciting kid to watch, man. It's um you know, the, the amateur kids as they come up, every year, right, there's a lot of hype on all these kids and then some of them struggle, some of them do really well right away. It's, we know it's a big, big jump to get into that class, but Carson's got a good head on his shoulders. I think he's going to be one of those kids that's around for a long time and going to be very successful. I can't wait to see how it goes down. All right, quick break, and we'll be back with Justin Cooper.
0: What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Intecam. I'm here to tell you about Aturibus USA. For decades, Aturibus has been the leader in motorcycle plastic accessories, like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki. DLD KTM and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers, such as stuff. All you got to do is go to aturbyusa.com or call one 659 1440 and y'all better tell them Motorized Pajo sent ya.
6: Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see.
1: Thanks, bud. Next up tonight, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, which has grown into the choice goggle company for many of the top privateers like Ben LeMay, Jacob Hayes, Ryan Brees, and John Short. Tonight, X-Brand Goggles brings us Mr. Justin Cooper. What's up?
6: How much? Just, uh, you know, getting ready for this racing coming up and ready to go.
1: Yeah, so we're we're uh, just a week away from this thing starting, but you've got, uh, like, uh, I think June 10th is your first race It seems like it's been an eternity since you guys have raced. Has that been uh, a bit of a bummer, a bit of an issue?
6: I mean, yeah, it's a bummer, but uh, we've been, you know, trying to get better, and it's almost like a second chance at, you know, to better yourself going into the rest of the rounds, and, you know, it's new life, so. Yeah. I definitely have learned a lot over this break, and I think I've, you know, transformed my riding a little bit, and I think I'm a little bit better, a little bit more confident, and I think uh, we're sitting good going into this.
1: Okay, Okay. so what you just said, What? why do you feel more confident? Why do you feel like you're better? What, what have you worked on? What have you changed? What have you learned?
6: Just uh, more time on the bike, more time on Supercross. Uh, it's just clicking right now. Okay. have been, been riding with a lot more t- intensity and just uh, really trying to be race ready.
1: So, not knowing for these last couple of months, you know, the schedule has been up in the air. Will we do supercross before outdoors? Will we do supercross in the fall? Let's get, let's probably change our suspension and go practice some outdoors. Let's go supercross racing. Um, does that throw, like, does that really bother you? Does that stress you out? Or is it not a big deal to go back and forth and just try to stay prepared at all times?
6: No, we actually did a bunch of uh, outdoor stuff. And when we thought we had the chance of going back, uh, the Supercross in, in what is now May, uh, right. we, we hopped back on and, yeah, a little bit rusty at first, but um, really been, like, working hard in the short amount of time that we've had, and I feel like I've improved a lot over the short amount of time. So I'm really looking forward to getting back racing and going for the championship.
1: Yeah, you're uh, I think you're seven points down behind your teammate, uh, and then Austin's something like six behind you, I believe, uh, it's it's gonna be a battle, man. Um, it, these last few races are gonna be probably aggressive. Uh, are you ready to throw it in there? You know, whether it be your teammate or anybody else, you ready to throw it in there so you can get this championship? I mean, if you gotta take somebody down, yeah, you gotta take them down.
6: Yeah, if it if it comes down to that, I'm ready. All right, but, uh, it should it should be clean, unless yeah, you know, if if someone throws it on me, I'm not gonna take any crap from them. So I'll give it right back. But for the most part. It, it should be clean, but you never know. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it's clean, and we'll see uh, what we got against those guys.
1: Yeah, so one of the things I keep hearing, you know, with all the, these rules and these safety precautions is they're going to be taking riders' temperatures, right, day of race, I think. Um, and if you're over a certain number, I don't remember what that number is, they're not going to let guys race. And I've been asking a lot of the guys this because, you know, you could come down with the common cold and have a little bit of a temperature. So it's feasible – that, you know, a high temp that doesn't have anything to do with the COVID virus could play a major part in any one of these three championships. Is that something that's even crossed your mind? Can can you even let yourself worry about that?
6: Uh yeah, I really haven't thought about that. <laughs> Sorry. That is gonna, that is gonna be interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's if it if that happens, it's just meant to be. I think.
1: Yeah, you know, the the talk obviously uh, I am a big Pulp guy so I listen to Pulp and that's you know like you could see like you know if Eli Tomac runs a fever one night according to the rules he's not allowed to race and I just I can't even begin to think how that's going to go play out, you know? And even with the 250s, you know, I mean like if yourself or Dylan has a little bit of a temperature, I I mean, I, you know, Star Yamaha and Will Hahn, they're going to be fighting To figure it out, but it's it's really just a crazy time we're in, and we don't really know what to expect over these next three three and a half weeks.
6: Yeah, it's going to be a big controversy if that happens to one of the top guys, and yeah, I don't really think there's much anyone can do about that because it's pretty much all the all the rules are you know by the governor or whatever. Right. I would. It's not really it's not really anything that a team manager would be able to fix. But yeah. It is, it is. something to talk about. It's definitely a possibility, and uh, definitely would suck if one of the top guys, you know, got that.
1: Right. I, I would suggest you know having the AC on before you get your temperature taken. Maybe have an ice pack, eat some ice cream, get your body, your core temperature down. <laughs> try to
6: figure. I'm sure, some... I'm sure people will be doing that kind oh, of stuff. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It'll be. I don't know, man. I I cannot wait to see how all this plays out. I'm excited as a fan. Um, what do you think about being in Salt lake for three weeks kind of somewhat sequestered i guess the word secluded sequestered where you can't really leave the state technically without uh, some issues I don't know exactly what the rules are but it's gonna be really weird it may be inconvenient um you got it figured out
6: yeah I think uh it's gonna be like a mini vacation uh, okay i I only got two weeks there because the east the east guys are gonna have you know, they're going to have the full three and a half weeks or whatever it is. Yeah. But uh, I'll come in. I don't go into uh, Salt Lake for another, like, ten days. So Right. Um, yeah, I'll be watching from home the first couple of <laughs> races, which will be nice. And, you know, I'll get a nice two weeks there. It won't be, you know, it won't be too long to where I'll get, you know, a little sick of it. But I think it'll be a good amount of time there. And, um, yeah, get started to go back racing. Which is what it's come to. So
1: Yeah, do you, you think? Gotta,
6: you know, go out there and do it.
1: Do you think it will be weird to race in front of the fans? And then, when you get, let's say, you know, you get, I'm sure you're going to get a win. I mean, I, I can't imagine you don't get a win or two or three. And then to be on the podium and, like, it just be silent.
6: It's going to be different, but you got to think it's, you know, there's going to be a lot of people watching it.
4: So yeah, yeah, of course.
6: It's, it's still going to be on TV, and we're still probably going to have the same amount of viewers we did if, you know, it was regular time. So. If not more, I think because not many sports are going on, going on right now. Everything's kind of starting back up, so uh, it'll be good. Um, you know, we do all the time qualifying stuff without fans. We're, True. It'll be it'll definitely be weird for the night show. It might even take a little bit of pressure off with okay. not as many eyes on you. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like we're focused on the fans when we're out there racing. So
1: okay, so um, when you're having a battle with a guy, you know, and you're you're Block passing and you're really having a tight race for two or three laps, and the crowd's going nuts that doesn't really that doesn't really affect you. you don't kind of feed off that
6: no, nah, that's the only time it really does like okay you'll hear the crowd get into it when you're in a good battle, but uh you know either way it's gonna be a good battle like they're gonna be doing the same thing back at home, so true true um I mean I guess you can feed off of it that way if you, you know, you're know're in a good battle for the lead, and you know everyone's watching it. So, right. It's just it's it's the same kind of thing, just not people there.
1: Still present, racing. But it
6: it might take you know, it might might make a lot a lot of things easier, like just uh more focusing on the racing and, you know, not having it it won't be as much interaction with people, which will give us more focus and more downtime to, you know, be ready to race, but um in a way that's not because you always want to interact with your fans, but uh, They'll definitely give us, you know, all all our focus for the racing.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you that. I actually uh, I interviewed Dylan last night, and that was one of my questions. Is you know, your your typical Supercross day Saturday is very very hectic. From the time you get there, it's you know prepping, walking track, it's busy all day. Especially once the the fan experience opens up, and the, the fans get in there, and you got to have sign autographs, and people are yelling at you. So this will probably take some stress off, although. Our sport is very fan oriented we want the fans there. It's why I mean, without fans watching, there's really no sport. but I would assume that, like you said, it's gonna take some of the pressure off where you don't necessarily have to stress so much about that tight schedule. It's gonna be a little looser, I think during the day,
6: yeah, yeah, it's just gonna create more downtime for us, yeah, more time with the team to talk over what we need to do, what we need to do better, and just uh we'll we'll see it won't be the same experience for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you get the adrenaline from, like, the crowd open, watching opening ceremonies and mm. all that good stuff. So it, the vibe will be a little bit different. But uh, at the end of the day, we're still going out doing our job. And this is only for a temporary time. You know, next year, everything will be back to normal. And Yeah. I myself only have three more races. So it's not, not the end of the world.
1: Well, this is a very historical moment, though, in Supercross. This has obviously never happened in the world, let alone in the sport. So, I think ten years down the road, you know, this is going to be something people look back on, and I think it, you know, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be different for whoever wins these championships. Uh, you know, to look back and say, you know, you did it in this historic time. So, um, what does the Supercross Championship mean to you? I know it's the pinnacle, really. Obviously, the 450 class is the pinnacle, but this championship would probably be, I would assume, the highlight of your career. Obviously, what what does it mean to you?
6: Oh yeah, it's, I mean a 250 championship is is my dream. I want to win uh, both Supercross and Motocross titles in, in the 250 class, and now I have plenty of time to do that. But I'm in a good opportunity now, and mm-hmm. definitely wouldn't let one slip. So, <laughs> gonna gonna, I oh, am. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm I'm going for. I'm not going for any second or third place finishes. And, Unless, I mean, Dylan and Austin are out of the race or something like that. Um, but it's most likely it's not going to happen like that. So, right. My only my only goal is to go out there and win, and I've kind of talked myself through that. And
4: that's good. I'm um,
6: just just done done. The podiums are nice, but they're not doing anything for me when I'm finishing behind Dylan or Austin
1: yeah that's true man you, you definitely Dylan's been on fire this year and uh you're gonna have to beat him to get to get it you know and it's it's gonna be man it's gonna be exciting three rounds with you guys and I mean you've got showdowns involved in there the, there's gonna be other monkey wrenches played in uh it's it's gonna be exciting and what do you think about racing twice a week it's I know you guys are in shape you ride all the time but racing's different um you think it's a little much you think it's gonna be no big deal for just a few weeks or what do you what about that
6: no, yeah, no big deal. Um, okay. For me, I think the the hotter, the hotter it is, and the more physically demanding it is, I'll be better. Okay. Um, I, I hope it's I hope it's demanding, and I hope you know it is it is tiring and it, it separates people. So um, I've been doing my homework, and I'm um, I'm more than ready to race. So awesome. Um, bring on the tough tough conditions.
1: Well, Justin, I look forward to it, man. It's uh, it's going to be here before we know it. Uh, obviously, the East kicks off this weekend. Um, You want to give me any predictions for the East?
6: Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll tell you that the star racing boys will be on the podium.
1: Okay. All right.
6: Yeah, I've been riding with both of them. They're both going really good. Colts back and up to speed. And yeah. I think you'll definitely see both of them on the podium. So, uh, definitely be rooting them on. I'm excited myself to watch some racing. Uh yeah, def- Sunday can't come soon enough for me. I wish I was out there, but i sure I'll really want to be out there once I once I'm watching practice and stuff. Yeah, I want to be out there, but uh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming really fast. i I'm know a week and a half behind them, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch the racing myself. I'm a huge fan, and it'll be exciting to not <laughs> only see the Supercross track or the 250 class back in action, but the, also the 450 class. They got a good battle going on.
1: It's gonna be good. I, I've basically been begging Sean Brennan to get me access, but I don't, it's probably not gonna happen, unfortunately. But I'll I'll be watching from the house and uh, look forward to seeing you get out there, man. in a couple on June 10th. And good luck, bud. And I appreciate you giving us some time tonight.
6: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for calling.
1: Absolutely, Justin. Take care, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you real soon. All right. See ya. All right. See ya. Justin Cooper, Star of Yamaha. What do you guys think? man, hit me up uh, you know hit us up on social media uh, or just the, the emails you know maybe we should start doing an email segment because uh, I'd like to have a little other stuff to talk about. Let, let me let me know what you guys think. Yeah, do the email thing. MotoXPodShow at gmail or motoexpodshow.com use the contact form and give me your thoughts. I want to know what you guys think about the 250 East, 250 west, 450 classes. who's going to step up? who might be a surprise? and uh, yeah maybe next week uh, I think it's going to be really hard for us to get guests in the next couple weeks because things are going to be really hectic so if we can get some good emails in maybe we'll do a little email segment All right, another commercial break we'll be back with Vince Monteleone with Lap Kings if you want power then you need Williams Moto Works wait wait, what what was that? it's the Supercross guy voice no no it's not sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo well that's good and tough I like that Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, higher rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete
2: power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at... 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at williamsmotoworks that's williamsmoto and then w-e-r-x at
1: gmail.com okay that's better not good but better since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With
2: research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort.
1: Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. 7-2 Trey, I wear Fly Q, wear Fly too. The 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, The all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles.
3: Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and
2: snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info.
7: If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X-Pod show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy lock-on grips today.
1: All right, we're back, and our next guest of the night is brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has many oil lines. Check them out at bloodlubricants.com and use promo code MOTOX to support the show. Tonight, Blood Lubricants brings us Mr. Vince Monteleone, the owner of Lap Kings. What is up?
5: What is going on, man?
1: Not much, man. Just the, uh, the end of a decent day at work and... Excited to talk to you a little bit about some uh, your technology, man. This Lapking thing, we've had you on before, but it's been a while. We have some new listeners. Yep. So I want you to talk about it. Tell everybody what is up.
5: Man, it's been a wild ride for J.C. Chappelle and myself over the past three and a half years of uh, going live in the App Store for iOS. Um, that's just to highlight it, we're an iOS-only app. Um, And it is known as Lap King, the home of social racing. So basically, to sum it all up, man, it's a reality video game experience. You're the rider controlling the outcome. Mm -hmm. And that outcome is a full review of your moto uh, lap sheet. But it's going to take the fastest lap from your moto and throw it up against that said track leaderboard that you're riding at. And you're all battling for that top spot known as Lap King. So yeah. JC and I, man, we've just been grinding, trying to, what we call, inject that vibe of fun, <laughs> whether it's a regular day of practice or a race day. So yeah, it's been going really well, and um, I think, what we ran into each other up in Iowa two weeks ago.
1: Yep, a winter right? set. Yep.
5: Yep. So I think uh, you were able to witness it firsthand, man. The vibes are, I think it's a special atmosphere when lap King's are. All- excuse me when lap king is on hand it's uh it's it's a sight to see you see 30 plus year old dudes in the vet class they look like little kids in the pits battling it out you know i mean it's uh it amplifies the day of practice or race day so yeah so it's something that has to be experienced man
1: yeah, I think uh, up there at Jason, Justin Brayton's race in Iowa was the, the most time that I've actually spent with you at, at a race. I hung out with you for basically a day and a half. Yep. And, like, to see how excited you get, and you 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 are you kind of remind me of, like, a Travis Pastrana, uh, Adam Antonap with how hyped you are at all times talking about moto, talking about lap kings, or lap king. And, uh, like, guys come up, and they ask questions, and you explain it to them. And, like, what I take away mm-hmm. from it is you, you mentioned it's like a video game experience, right? So if you go – look, I, I haven't played video games in years. I'm just not good at them. But I used to go play, like, MX Unleashed with my buddy Michael Gage. And yep. you, you, you'd go to the split screen, and you'd try to beat your buddy or whatever. Or even on uh, Mad Skills on your phone. Like, a lot of us play Mad Skills. Mm-hmm. You play, and then your buddy you challenge your buddy, and he tries to beat your time. Well, this is the same thing, but for reals. You go to your local track, and if your track's not in the system, you you have a GPS on your helmet, and you can basically go out and take a couple laps, right, and GPS Mm -hmm. your local track, and it goes into the system, and you put your fast time in, and a week later, your buddy may go out and smoke your time, and then he's going to talk shit on you.
5: Dude, I mean, nail on the head, it's it's that, what you just discussed, it's either at a local track or a private track, it's social racing. Yeah, um, You're bringing race day vibes to that track instantly, whether it's a regular day of practice or even on a race day. You're chasing something extra, I promise. I, I, we saw it at Riverside um, yeah. in Iowa, Jeff Crutcher, myself, Scott Gepkin, Brent Rouse from Bolt Hardware. Um, we were all in plus 25A. And those guys own their own lap team. They're not demoing it. I'm not forcing them. They love it. I think they they love that added incentive. Um, and truth be told, man, it pisses you off.
4: <laughs> yeah, um,
5: yeah. No one. We're we're type A individuals. We love comp- we love competing. We love winning. Um, this past weekend at Mega Camp, uh, Scott Gepkin, Innovative MX had a training camp. And he had 60 riders there. We did a lap jam the end of the day on Sunday night. So these kids got to take what they learned, implement it into this eight-minute lap jam that we did for every displacement: 50, 65, 85 big bikes. And they got eight minutes to throw down, time qualifying kind of experience, right? Well, at the end of it all, they did a uh, they had about five coaches and they're all pro card hold pro card holders yeah. um the coaches that train the kids these guys threw down Jamie they thought Jeff Crutcher took the lap king he was the last the last pro to go man when he came back and he loaded his moto somehow i got this clip and of the moment which i am so glad i caught it because it truly explains it an- it represents what Lap King is all about. It injects fun with you and your racing crew, and it settles all the smack talk. Numbers don't... It, it's it's uh, it's a vibe, man. I tell Jeff Crutcher, and he makes he'll, he'll give me a hard time that I say it a lot, but at the end of the day, it is a vibe that you just cannot compare to. So we love seeing the traction that we're getting because the more users that are in this reality video game the more madness that you are going to experience. And at the end of the day, you're going to shave seconds off your lap time. You're using fun to go fast.
1: Yeah, so. and a couple points that I just thought of, like, you could you could go to a race. Let's say are race... Your, first of all, we all want to win, win races, but really the most important thing is beating your buddies. Really, like, I, I, I'm fine with having somebody I don't know beat me, but if, like, my co-host TJ beats me, that's going to piss me off. Mm-hmm. So that that's another thing you, you can do it with your buddies and you can go out and ha- at your local race and maybe I get a bad start and I can be like, well, I was catching you. I was definitely faster. Well, that doesn't prove shit, but on the lap King, you could see your lap times and say, oh yeah, I was, you know, a half a second lap faster or, and then the other mm-hmm. thing is even if you don't, maybe you don't race, maybe you just ride for fun or maybe you got many pit bikes and you want to build a figure eight in your backyard well, you could set your lap king up and race the figure eight in the backyard. It, it's it's not exclusive to a full on motocross track. It could be anything that you wanted to. Hell, you could probably run them on your bicycles, I guess, if you wanted to. And oh, dude,
5: I mean, look, you're hitting you're hitting our verticals that we operate in. We're not just in motocross. You know, JC is in racing UTVs right now.
1: Oh yeah, side by sides are get huge.
5: It oh dude, we leak when we open it up to that vertical or that market, those guys did not hesitate. They love the competitiveness. Um, shoot, I had a little experience this past Saturday at TechPlex with JC. He uh, introduced me to the world of UTVs. <laughs> I got to ride in his and go 60 around a Daytona berm. I was like, you are insane. Yeah, It's definitely a rush. Um, but Lab King is definitely in other verticals. I mean, we're in the ATV. UTV, dirt bike, trophy truck. Shoot, we're even in the Stasics, Um oh, like nice. the balanced bike world. So, yes, it is a, it's a a—it's a reality arcade slash video game, man. It really is.
1: Yeah, its it, it really set home. I've seen you at local tracks like Johnsonville, and I know people like it. Mm-hmm. And we talk about how much, uh, obviously, again, being competitive with your buddies is really what being a dude is about. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. So having this... There, there is no, uh, you can't BS your way through it with this. You can, you, you're going to know who's better with your group of friends and you're always going to be like, fuck, I'm going to go out. I I just, I shouldn't have said that f word. I know there's kids listening, but you're going to go out and like, you know what? I got to go out and set a faster lap. I was about to load up, but my Joe, my buddy here just set a faster lap. Damn it. Now I got to go back out, you know? And it's, it's really, it's endless fun. Um, and it's a really, really cool thing. I've got to get myself one. I just, I got to break down and do it.
5: I mean, I, dude, at the end of the day, JC and I truly, we, we know there's other offerings out there, right? Mm-hmm. You have, and I'm not scared to say, you have LitPro, Training Aid. Sure. We're, I'm, I fully respect what they have. But at the end of the day, I want people to know that we, Wanted to come to the market with a product that injected and amplified the fun. Because I come from a very, uh my amateur career, it was very serious. I'm not saying I didn't have fun. I mean, man, it was about performing. If you didn't perform on the weekend, that next week, it was a grind. Oh, okay, We enjoyed it. Yeah. But. Um, I think there's a little piece missing back through like 2000, 2006 when I was riding with my buddies, Matt LeMoyne, Kyle Cunningham, Hunter Hewitt, uh, Jimmy Albertson would come down some, uh, even Kennard. And, you know, when you see those guys have practice mechanics or helpers taking lap times on the pit board and you're over here solo, <laughs> you don't have that ability.
4: Yeah. You're wondering
5: what your lap times are. And the a, the what am I trying to say the accountability and productivity for that practice round. Hey man, I wish we had Laugh King back then because I'll tell you right now, the names that I just mentioned, if we had it back then, the practice (laughs) vibes that the, during the weekday at whatever track we're at, right. We would have been racing each other seven days a week, you know?
1: Absolutely. It would have
5: been wild.
1: Yeah. I um, I mean,
5: we're just trying to bring a different experience to the market.
1: Yeah, I, every, anybody listening knows exactly what I'm talking about being about being competitive with your buddies. I mean, you were up there uh, at Iowa when I had the pit bike race with Anton and he clearly was better than me and smoked me, but then TJ is <laughs> instantly like, "Oh, I would have done I would have beat him," you know, and not that he would yep. have he would not have had a way to set a time because he wasn't there. But the competitiveness mm-hmm. of us guys is just Honestly, it's a little ridiculous how competitive we can be. So, this thing is... It's beyond uh, ridiculous. Yeah, man. but it's its an amazing product. Um, where can people go to check it out? It.
5: Um, they can visit our website, www.lapkingracing.com, or all of the social channels. We are Lap King Racing, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or on YouTube. Um, we're actually about to release a tutorial series on youtube so people we hear your feedback jc and i love it we appreciate it just know that we're actively um acting on that uh feedback that we get so we're trying to make this uh, the most enjoyable and seamless experience possible that way you can ride and just boom upload a moto and talk trash with you and your buddies yeah or hey I'll say this. You mentioned MX versus ATV. Let's throw it back and go way back then. You know that feature on there called ghost racing? (laughs)
1: Yep. Yep.
5: I kind of, you know, you get that vibe with Laugh King When you're by yourself, say, you're practicing. You see that 138.3? We put in there your next personal best, like your next goal should be. We literally give you something to chase. Oh, that's cool. That next time you go out. You're chasing a one thirty eight point one or whatever it may be that goal that it, that we set for you. So I mean, it, it's little some little carrot to chase. Yeah, injecting fun and uh, at the end of the day, you're having more fun riding your bikes with you and your buddies, and you're you're silencing some of them. <laughs> some take it bitter, you <laughs> yeah, know. At yeah, the end yeah. of the day, we're just it's all for fun, man. Right, truly it is. So
1: well, and up there in Iowa, you I think there was a guy that came up to the uh, to the lap king t- table. And he had had two or three of them, I think, for him and his family or for him and his buddies. And if I'm not mistaken, it might have been the same guy. You were telling me about a guy that came and he bought like four or five of them at one time? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's that's truly, that's all we're trying to provide is something to make it more fun with you and your little riding crew. Because, Jamie, just like you said we're all super competitive, we're all type A, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, numbers don't lie. Um, I know that's annoying to hear, but I'm in sales at Toyota Commercial Finance. When my boss sends me a report and I see that, like, say I financed a certain number of trucks that week and other sales rep from the Northeast crushed it, it kind of it digs into my skin, man. And I'm like, yep. what did I do last week? Did I not give it a hundred percent effort, but I know I did, you know, and I know there's other variables, but seeing a number, it gets under your skin. It motivates you. Um, and at the end of the day, it pushes your limits with you and your buddies and there's nothing better than that. And that's just, it's a, it's something that is not offered in the market, man, plain and simple. I know that, Lapking has a special vibe to it, and I cannot wait for us to continue the momentum that we have gained. And just that being said, I want to say J.C. Chappelle and I, he's the other hes the other half of Lapking. He's co-founder, um, or if you want to be super literal, he's the COO and the CTO. J.C. brought this dream to life. He's my coder, or he's the coder for Lapking. Let me rephrase that. And uh, he's a racer. He knows what it's like to be on a bike. He had a team green ride. So this is an app built by the racers for the racers. Um, and we just, we looked forward to it, man. We're having fun. Iowa was unreal. Yeah. We had people like you just said, coming to the tent saying, dude, we've seen you guys on social media. This is sick seeing you here. And, when you hear that, and when you hear little kids come off saying, "Hey, I improved my lap t- my lap time by four seconds over the weekend," <laughs> yeah, boom, Heck yeah, and they're doing it; they're having fun. That is that makes us that fuels the fire. It's it's awesome to see, and it's um this is appreciated, man. You bringing us on the podcast, of course. we appreciate this. It's what it takes. It's support, yeah. and it's all for the sport that we love, man. I shoot. I took a hard hit in Iowa. You know, it's and I still can't get over this dang thing. It's it's an addiction that is a passion that you cannot get away from. Man. No,
1: I agree. I agree. I, yeah, we we all know, you know it runs through your blood. Um, hey, you did mention that it's iOS only right now. Um, is that is. is is Android coming, or is there some reason that maybe it doesn't? It's just not working out.
5: You know, I mean, not to sound you know, at the end of the day, it's JC and myself. We yeah. were a small team. We worked full time during the week. For yeah. I'm at Toyota. JC is at a railroad company as a financial analyst, and we self fund this journey. And when we chose to do it, man, we sat down a business plan, and it. We didn't realize the Android market was as big as it was. Um, so unfortunately, we're missing that market. We are definitely bummed because we have a lot of people come up. Oh, I'm Android. We hear you guys. We're working behind scenes to make something happen so mm-hmm. we can bring that to life as quick as possible. But right now, we do not have any um, firm deadlines or any kind of dates in mind to yeah. make that happen. But I promise you, if as soon as some things happen behind scenes, the pedal will be to the floor. And that <laughs> is priority number one. It's to make our Android users happy and uh, add an offering to that market.
1: Yeah, you, uh, and, and we can cut this out if you don't want to say. But I overheard you telling somebody at the at Iowa what it actually costs to to build an app. Do you want to share that? Oh,
5: man, the number. I'd rather keep the number quiet. You know, okay, because it applies to any, and it's just different. You know, every app is different. Well, it's, it's the a platform lot.
1: Is, I'll say it is. A it is lot. a lot, man.
5: I'd, it's not like, it like yeah. if I
1: wanted to build a Moto X pod app, apparently there's no way in hell that's gonna happen. So let's just say it's not and easy. And you know,
5: that's I guess that's where I would be realistically or realistic with you. I think it wouldn't be I bet it was probably a third of what I mentioned okay. for an app of that nature. But given this is GPS driven yeah. and I think, you know, over since the time we began development in two thousand sixteen when we we're on the iPhone version where people had the iPhone in a carbon fiber case. Right. We I remember and they that had yeah. it on their helmet. Yeah. Which was a scary time for lab King, but Hey, <laughs> we lived through it. We start improved somewhere. and we're here. Uh, yeah. We started and our, I think our app was around 600,000 lines of code then. And right now JC said we definitely surpassed, I want to say 1 million to maybe 1.2 million lines of code. So
1: that of, is no
5: exaggeration. It's a lot of ones it's, it's and zeros. Woo! You know, it's a little over my head.
1: Yep, me too. Like
5: I said, JC is AKA Laugh King Nerd. <laughs> yeah, and he is that for a reason. And he, we, hey man, we're we're a duo that we like to call ourselves a dream team because we know how rare this opportunity is in life. He's, we have a little yin and yang effect. Right. I like to be out in front. Of people being loud you see me i'm just being myself man i, I know i'm loud and annoying probably but
1: hey, no, my, fun.
5: my passion's motocross dude you know and i get hyped when you come off the track and you do well or even if you're i think uh brent duff and myself brayton's mechanic had a last lap battle saturday night dude when you pass someone in the last corner like that <laughs> your adrenaline i felt like i was a ten year old kid again. Right. And then we came off and we had Lap King as an additional thought, afterthought, like what?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
5: The, it was insane vibes.
1: I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was cool. It was amazing. Duffy so, Duffy, when you you, know. you beat him and passed him, he was he was still so excited. He didn't like he he wasn't even bummed that he got beat by you. He was just excited that you guys oh. had good racing. It was awesome
5: crazy and and we're we're just 30 plus year old dudes out there living our passion yeah passion up you know and it's um truly at the end of the day i hope kids that are like 15 heck even the little guys on 50s i hope they see that and they just let it fuel them and even seeing guys of, i'm not calling you old jamie i'm
1: old your age i'm old
5: (laughs) and i see dl wood and guys like that still ripping it's inspiration to me i mean 12 surgeries in even season of five hundred up on a double like <laughs> I did in Iowa in Endo and I still want to get back on the bike man. Yeah it's see
1: you just mentioned you just mentioned taking fuel. a hit and I didn't I didn't put it together. I did not realize this happened. I guess we haven't talked since then. So Oh my
5: goodness. Yeah. Yeah man Sunday. Sunday morning my world was rocked. Saturday, Friday and Saturday went well, right? Yeah. We were there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I Sunday left Sunday morning. morning so yeah, I didn't even come to the trek Sunday.
5: It was, um, and you know, uh, unfortunately, I found out yesterday it was actually my fault um, that from the the actual cause of the crash was something that I did on Sunday morning, and I had no clue until I walked out and saw my bike yesterday, and I looked at the pipe and I saw some coolant, like leftover coolant, drip on it. Yep. And I was like, "Why is that? Why is that there?" And I did some reverse, you know, just backed up and. Next thing I know, I was like, man, I changed the radiator cap Sunday morning before practice. And I had a 1.8 radiator cap that I put in my toolbox from a year and a half ago after I took it off my 450. That was just flushing coolant out. I didn't put two and two together that the spring was probably bad in it. And I put it on my 500 Sunday morning because I took the 1.1 cap off thinking, hey, this 1.8 is better. Yeah. Not the case, man. <laughs> I It dawned on me. I was like, you know, my 450 used to drain coolant a lot. And I bet, let me check the radiator. I opened it up and that thing was just plum dry. Wow. There's no coolant in the 500. So that makes sense. Right off the start in the first moto, we went down that, what, third, fourth gear pin. Yeah. Sweeping left turn. Hit the right-hander. And when I shifted into third, I was in third place behind Jeff Crusher and Nick Mallott. And there were 17 of us. When I hit that double, it seized up. I endowed, and I believe Chase Pearson got the front end of the or the bad end of the situation, and he landed on my bike and me, and it was it was carnage. Luckily, I'm okay. I, yes, I have a bruised up femur, which I thought it was an injured knee, and I had some right hand or on my right hand, my right three fingers are numb. From being landed on, but the doctor expects a full recovery. So
1: Wow, man. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Like I remember Saturday morning we were looking at when you had Killing the one point one that the, the, the flute the coolant was leaking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I,
5: hey, I was like, man, it was it was leaking like just
1: drips. not very much. Maybe yeah, three
5: drips. cap pulls every moto, and yeah. I was like, Hey, I'm gonna put this one point eight cap on Sunday. Crazy. Bit me in the bit me in the rear, man. Well, but, dude. Uh, it's all good.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you're not worse than, than you are. And yeah. I, uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Talking about lap Kings and um, yeah, if you guys listen, you got to check it out, go follow them on social media, look into getting you one because you, if you do this with you and your buddies, you're going to have more fun when you go to your local track to just practice than you've ever had before.
5: Hey, I promise you, man, it's, something i can confidently stand behind jamie and i yep. again jc and i appreciate you supporting lap king bringing us on the show giving us this opportunity to speak about it and like i said visit lapkingracing.com check it out social media pages we're constantly putting up action any riding or driving so uh keep on keep on the lookout we have some fun stuff down the pipeline and we're not going to slow down awesome. So thanks again
1: Awesome. Vince, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks a lot.
5: Yes, sir. Okay, talk all to right, you soon, Thank you. See
1: ya. All right. Adios. All right. That's Vince Uh Check him out, man. Please give him a follow, support him. Again, very, very cool thing. Uh, you guys over there, you know, overseas, I know some of you, you know, listening over in Australia and uh, uh, New Zealand and all that, man, I'm sure. I, if I'm not mistaken, there's a few guys using them overseas, actually. Uh, I know there's some guys using them in Canada. But, uh, you know, if you want to check it out and have some fun with your buddies, you got to get into it, dude. Give them some support. It's awesome. All right, going to wrap up episode 163. I appreciate Carson Mumford, Justin Cooper, and Vince, and Daniel Blair for coming on. And, of course, again, congratulations to Brandon Redman for winning the Fly Kinetic Gear. I just got an email that may be him. I'll check that in a minute. Um, appreciate that. And, again, the Cheruby's handguards. If you were listening, if you posted the picture from uh, whatever it was a week or two ago when we were on YouTube, please just go tag me at Darkside MX3 on that same picture so I can go back and look and re-screenshot it and we'll pick a winner before next week. patreon.com obviously if you want to support us, we appreciate all the supporters. helps out. Right now we're not able to go to any races, but it will come back around where we can get to some races and all that support helps. Uh, again, DJT is not here, but he, of course, I'm sure appreciates you guys listening. Thank you. That's a wrap for 162. Talk to you guys soon.